we started off Lent on, uh, on Ash Wednesday um, uh, with, with our Ash Wednesday service and, and, you know, the, and my first one that I've gotten to lead here and, um, because so many have, have been canceled. And so we were glad to be able to kick off, kick off Ash Wednesday. We had our Lent Zanya, which went inc- you know, incredibly well, had a, a ton of different lasagnas anytime that I get to have you know, five different lasagnas all on my plate at the same time. Uh, in small portions, you know, um, still, that was awesome. Uh, and, um, and our series through, through Lent is, is death to life. Uh, as we are spending, uh, like we talked about, that, that Lent is really this, this season of, a season of confession, a season of repentance. It is a, uh, it's a season of, uh, of contemplation. It's a season of devotion, and really Lent ends up being this season that leads us to, to the day that we celebrate the day that changed everything, Easter. The day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and conquered sin and death, that day changed everything. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, walking our way through the Gospel of John. Especially, uh, and, and while we're in the Gospel of John, we're going to be focusing the next few weeks on Lazarus' story. Uh, Jesus and Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And I, I, just, I, I absolutely love this passage. Normally, I get so excited that I do it just all in one big chunk. You know, because I love this. You know, I love getting to talk about Lazarus and Mary and Martha and, and Jesus and um, but this time, I thought we'd kind of like put it down into like second gear and, and, and take our time walking through. And so if you have your Bibles with you today, you can turn with me to John chapter 11, starting in verse 1, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. Now, a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness doesn't does not lead to death, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That sounds crazy. Then after this, He said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. And then Jesus told them plainly, 
Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we might die with him. Here ends the reading of God's word. There's some unusual stuff that happens in this text. I'm just going to say it. Like, there's some strange stuff, stuff that I wouldn't do, maybe stuff that you wouldn't do. But Jesus, in his, in his absolutely, absolute perfect knowledge and perfect timing, Jesus does things differently. You know, uh, first off, we get introduced to, to Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, uh, you know, just to let you know a little backstory on, on, on them. Uh, you know, Bethany is a town that, that Jesus used to frequent. Um, Mary and Martha one day threw like a dinner party for, for Jesus. Lazarus was seated there. Jesus was there. The guys were all there, you know, all the buddies. And this is the time that Martha was like going nuts, just doing all the serving. You know what it's like when you're, you know, you're the one doing all the serving. And then her sister, Mary, was sitting down at Jesus' feet. Martha comes to Jesus and says, Hey, tell her to help me. And Jesus says, uh, Mary's chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And even after that, they stayed great friends. Like that's a great friendship when you can have like that kind of like a little conflict at the dinner party and not kind of walk away like I ain't never having them over again, Jesus. No. These people stayed such great friends. They stayed so close that repeatedly through this text, it talks about this love for one another. And so, you, you know, you've got Mary and Martha and you got Lazarus. And so, the, you know, and then as soon as, you know, like Lazarus is, you know, it says, says it twice. This is like for emphasis. It's not because like maybe you missed it the first time. It says it twice. Lazarus is ill. Like not just me, I'm not feeling great today. I'm talking like sick, gonna die, ill. And when they say ill, ill, like sick, sick, not good. And so, so the sisters did what they, you know, do when your friend is Jesus. I mean, hey, your friend is Jesus. What are you going to do when your brother is sick? I mean, you've seen him heal and cast out demons and do some of the most amazing things through the power of God. What are you going to do when your brother is sick? You're going to call Jesus. Well, they didn't have a phone or text messaging. Certainly no Snapchat. Uh, so they did the next best thing. They send a messenger to Jesus, and the messenger says, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Now, first of all, Jesus knows exactly who they're talking about. And I love that title. He whom you love. That's how Jesus thinks about Lazarus. That's how Jesus thinks about you. He whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he says that this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God might be glorified through it. And 
none of us ever say that. Sickness comes, we don't see that as like, whoo, hey, let's glorify the Lord here. No, sickness comes and we're like, we're sick, right? Or even if someone you love is sick, we're not like, whoo, glorify the Lord, sick. Jesus sees things perfectly. He knows what's going to happen. He gives them just this little tip. Hey, this isn't going to lead to death. We're wondering after reading through the whole passage if he was a little confused, but we'll get to that. But so that the Son of God may be glorified. God gets all the glory. Son of God, Jesus, he gets glorified. And then it repeats it again. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Why? No. Who does that? I don't do that. Do you do that? When you hear your friend is dying, do you say, yep, I'm just going to, Wait a couple of days and see how it works out. I didn't do that. This is my friend Kevin. <laughs> that picture always makes me smile. We were fly fishing in Colorado together. Kevin and I did all sorts of things. Kevin Peterson, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of glad that... Um, Kind of glad that Nick isn't here for this story. Nick's known Kevin his whole life. Uh, I, I, um, Ke- Kevin grew up in Minot and then moved down to Denver where he and I became friends really, really tight. We hung out together like multiple times every week. He was one of the elders at the church that I got to pastor outside of Denver. Uh, we hunted together. We fly fished together. We prayed together. We met every single Tuesday to have coffee and prayer and read God's word together and I love Kevin. Check out this next picture. Kevin battled cancer for a long time. It's really rare. So, uh, Kevin, I used to hear from Kevin, hey, I'm sick again. And I would, I would drop everything and drive from Iowa to Denver to go see him. And, and I'll tell you what, man, God healed this guy so many times, it was crazy. I have literally lost count of the number of times that he was dying. Lost count. Because like, he'd be dying, and then we'd go, I'd go to the hospital, I'd pray, God would heal him. And so I just kind of like, that became like the new normal, which seems really terrible, but like it did, it really did. It became like the new normal. The doctors would say, you're dying. And we'd go to the hospital, we'd pray together, and then God would heal him. And then right before this picture was taken, October 2013, his wife Diana called. Not Kevin this time. 
And Diana said, uh, your friend's not going to make it. I loaded up Doug because uh, Doug was best friends with Kevin's son, Karsten. We used to do these man versus wild trips in the mountains of Colorado and like eat chipmunks and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We did. We did crazy things. <laughs> and we, I drove through the night just to get to his hospice room. We took Karsten and out for pizza and came back, and Karsten and Doug would ju were just laying on the lawn out, out there, playing with these, you know, those little airplanes with the, made out of the balsa wood and the little propeller things, and they're flying around as, as Kevin sat in his hospital chair on the patio of his hospice unit, just trying to soak. His, he would alternate between sun and shade. And we prayed. And then the Lord took him home. And I love Kevin. And I miss him. It's been over 10 years. It's been... I still miss him like crazy. I cannot imagine. I can't imagine Kevin, Diana calling me up and saying, hey, your friend's not going to make it. I cannot imagine. I can't imagine just hearing that news from Diana. <laughs> not that, Diana. Kevin's wife, Diana. I can't imagine hearing that and then just hitting the pause button and being like, I'll just wait a couple of days. I can't imagine how hard that was. How hard was that for Jesus? How hard was it for Jesus knowing that he had the power to heal Lazarus from any illness? And he stayed two days anyways. And, he, and it's just different because Jesus knows. This illness doesn't lead to death. It's for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, now you know, they loved each other. And, and, you know, and, he, and then all of a sudden he says, stays two days longer. And then after this, he says to his disciples, hey, let's... Let's go up to Judea again. And they're like, what are you talking about? And we just talked about it on Wednesday. Like, they were just trying to stone you. What are you doing? We don't even know how you escaped being stoned. Like, stoned to death. We don't even know, understand that. But like, they just tried to stone you, and after that, they tried to arrest you. And again, we don't even fully understand how you slipped out from arrest and you want to go back? You want to go back? They obviously didn't get it. And, you know, and so, so then Jesus, <laughs> so that Jesus is doing that thing where he tries to convince, 
You, know, you ever try to convince a friend to do something kind of risky? I don't know. I do. Kevin and I did it all the time. <laughs> hey, we should do this thing. Um, and he, Jesus says, he's trying to convince his friends. He's like, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks during the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, stumbles because light is not in him. Basically what he's saying, he's like, hey man, still light out. I got work to do. Jesus is still here. He's got stuff to do. Can't just stay down here by the river hanging out, you know? He's got stuff to do. Lights out, sun's up, work to do. He said repeatedly that his, the whole reason why he's here, the whole reason why he came to earth was to do the will of his father. And he's like, hey, I got work to do. And the disciples are not convinced. They're like, still, no. Why are we going to do this risky thing? And for you, those of you who have friends who like to do risky things, you understand this whole kind, trying to convince one another to take one more motorcycle ride, to, to drop off this cliff in, you know, into this, you know. Man, there's, my brother and I have convinced each other to, to ski in some places that we don't belong skiing. Why? Because that's what we do. Jesus is trying to convince the disciples, hey, it's time to go. And they're like, not getting it. And then after saying these things, he's got to, you know, he's like, okay, let me, let me put it to you differently. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Our friend Lazarus has, go, uh, has fallen asleep, but I go to wake him up. And his friends, the disciples, are like, he'll be fine. He's sick. Let him sleep. It'll be okay. Sleep is good for sick people. He'll wake up better. Sleeping sick people is a good thing. And then, then Jesus, he just, he just kind of was like, oh, okay. Lazarus has died. States it plainly. Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Lazarus died. Do you think that Jesus didn't know? I mean, earlier he said this illness doesn't lead to death. Right, And now all of a sudden Jesus is saying Lazarus died. But in the middle somewhere, he's like, he's taking a nap. Did Jesus know? Yes, Jesus knew. But for Jesus, Jesus views death differently. Because for Jesus, who is life, the giver of life, that in him is resurrection and life, for him, death. It's totally different. If you've been here for any you know, length of time, I'm Pastor Jay. There are two things that I do after worship every Sunday. Every Sunday. I love being with you for worship. Worship over in New Prague. Worship over here. We get to do this. And, and then after I'm done and after I get home, there are two things that I do. I have a, I have a sandwich. Okay? Why? Because I love sandwiches. I do. I've already planned out today's sandwich. I'm very excited, okay? I'm serious. <laughs> yes, there's a plan for the sandwich, okay? Sandwich, and then I take a nap. Every Sunday, I take a nap. 
Now, most Sundays, I will tell, I'll tell Heidi, hey, I'm going to go grab a nap. And she's just nodding her head because that's what I do every Sunday. And then I say, hey, if you need anything, just wake me up. And then I'll wake up sometimes after a short nap, sometimes after a long nap. And I'm like, why didn't you wake me? She's like, I didn't need you. You know, but it's easy to wake me up. Fairly easy. You know, you just have to, Heidi would just have to follow the sound of like snoring and coughing and whatever other weird noises I make while I'm napping. You know, just follow that sound and sure enough, that's where I am, whether it's upstairs or downstairs. And you just, you know, shake me a little bit, you know, and, and then, I, you know, then I wake up to, to realize that for, for Jesus, that's how he views death. That to raise someone to new life is just as simple as waking somebody up from their Sunday nap. And Jesus says, I'm glad I wasn't there. So that you may believe. I'm going to say something hard, and it's not to diminish anyone's pain. And it's not to be dismissive. Jesus is more concerned with our believing than our comfort. Jesus is more concerned with our believing than our comfort. I would find it incredibly difficult to even allow Mary and Martha, who, I, who Jesus loved, I would find it incredibly difficult to allow two of my best friends to suffer the death of their brother and then later raise them to new life, I would have an incredible hard time doing that. It's because the number one priority for Jesus is believing in Jesus. Not because he doesn't care for us. We, see, we hear repeatedly how much he loved Lazarus, how much he loved Mary, how much he loved Martha. And so it's that when, when each and every one of us is going through suffering and hurt and pain and, and, and going through trials and tribulations, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. He does love us in the midst of it. It's just that he also knows that, that death, while it is a big thing to us, While death is just gut-wrenching to us, to Jesus, it's a Sunday nap because he has every intention of just waking up every believer in Jesus Christ. Just going to wake him up. That phrase, I go to wake him up, I go to awaken him, is one of the most encouraging phrases that we could possibly hear. Because for each and every one of us who has lost, lost loved ones, for each and every one of us who someone we love has fallen asleep, to use Jesus' words, 
Jesus has every intention of going down the hall and waking them up. And it is hard It is so hard because to us it doesn't feel like a nap. To us it feels like our heart got ripped out. And each and every one of us, the reason why some of these things are so incredibly encouraging It might not sound encouraging at the moment. Is that each and every one of us is going to die. We will either die or we'll be caught up with the Lord, which sounds like an awesome ride. Jesus would not have to convince me on that one. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I am all in on that ride. Uh, so that's the plan. Those are the options that, you know, the wages of sin is death. Each and every, you know, living person, you know, re, re, is going to experience death or the Lord will come back, which could be any moment the Lord could come back and snatch us up to be with him. Those are the two options. And if we aren't caught up with him, each and every one of us will die. But for each and every one who is believing in Jesus Christ. For every single one of you here who is believing in Jesus Christ, when you die to Jesus, it's a Sunday nap. And he has this great plan to walk down the hall and wake you up. Because he thinks about you the same way that he thinks about Lazarus. He loves you. You're the one he loves. He whom you love is ill. Fill in your name. Yeah, the Lord loves you. And the Lord's plan is to wake you up, each and every one of you. Not just you, also everybody who's on vacation for President's Day weekend. Yes, if they're believing in Jesus Christ, God has a plan to wake them up too. Our friends over in, at the New Prague campus, yep, God's going to wake them up too. Our friends in the community who decided, hey, t this is a great weekend to just sleep in. Hey, God loves them too. And for each and every one who's got even just a mustard seeds amount of faith, God's plan is to wake them up. If they're believers, the believers that are in other churches right here in this town, God's plan is to wake them up because death to Jesus is just a Sunday nap. And it's because of that that Jesus is able to say, 
so that you may believe. I'm sorry. Death is hard. It's gut-wrenching and I hate it. I'm in good company. Because Jesus hated it too. Jesus hates death so much that he died on a cross to conquer sin and death. Jesus hates death so much that he changed its name to sleep. But his number one priority is not our comfort. It's our believing. Are you believing in Jesus Christ? Then for everyone who believes, it's just a Sunday nap. And he will awaken. He will. Let's pray. God, it's hard to talk about death. It's, and, it, and for us, Lord, it's, it's so hard. And I know that you had a hard time doing it too. But we recognize, Lord, that you have the power over death. You are life. You give life to each and every one who believes in you. Lord, please pour out your grace and faith into our lives through the hearing of your word that we may believe you. And please, Lord God, continue to comfort those who mourn. That's your promise. That for those who mourn, they will be comforted. I would pray, Lord God, that as you pour out grace and faith into our lives, that we would be believing that one day, You'll wake us up. And Lord, we can't wait until that day. We can't wait until that glory, that glorious day. But between now and then, we pray, Lord God, that you'd continue to give us opportunities to tell hurting people about your son who gives life. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.